stupid fucking podcast. We're recording the fucking podcast. Nobody listens because it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. It is me. Yeah, boy. Stupid Callister. With me, as always, are the dogs. I got Wind Dog under the blanket completely. I got Sadie Dog over there under the blanket, but she's got her head out. She doesn't like having her head covered. She's like, fuck that shit. I need to know what's going on at all times. <laughs> ah, today is on Monday the 17th of uh, 2020 dose. How was your day? Was it a good day? It was a good day? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a good fucking day. I know it, even though it was a Monday. Mondays get bad raps. I think Mondays can be good days. They can allow themselves to be the beginnings of uh, new adventures. Uh, new adventures of old Christine, right? Was that the name of the show? Something like that. I don't, I don't fucking know. I never watched it. As much as I like uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus, uh, I really, I don't think I've seen any of her shit post Seinfeld. Like she's in uh, Veep and uh, the, the show that I just mentioned, The New Adventures of Old Christine or something. Uh, never seen them. Don't know anything about them. Heard they're good? No fucking clue. I do like her character, the bad chick, in uh, the Marvel movies. She's good. Lady's got talent. I dig it. I dig it because uh, she's funny and she's a little older and uh, she doesn't necessarily play off like uh, feminine wiles. If you guys know what I'm talking about. If you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You don't? All right, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, all right. Uh, a lot of football talk. There's going to be a lot of football talk. Sorry, I apologize. Right off the top, football talk. Yesterday's Patreon, all football talk. I have to. Because uh, the Bills won this weekend. I'm sure you guys all know. I'm sure you know. Uh, hopefully you watched. If you weren't a Bills fan and you watched the game, you're probably a Bills fan now. The Bills had probably one of the best football games ever in the history of football. Without hyperbole. The Bills scored touchdowns seven times in a row. That is unheard of. I think the record was five. They broke it at they broke it at five. Five times they touched the football. Five times they scored then six times they scored, then seven times they scored. Seven touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles, no punts, no field goals, no sacks. It doesn't, it doesn't get any better, really, everybody. Uh, so they're moving on. And uh, for those who are uh, familiar with the podcast and me, you know last year, every time the Bills won in the playoffs, I jumped off a ladder and I smashed a table to fuck. <laughs> so the tradition continues. 
and Saturday night around midnight, I smashed the table to fuck. If you haven't seen it, it is on uh, my Instagram, and I was able to get it over on my Twitter. So if you don't follow me on Facebook or Twitter and you're interested, go go look. You don't have to follow me, but uh, but there you go. So go go do that. And it got a little heat. Well, I say it went viral. No, no, it didn't. Didn't fucking go viral. But uh, you know, for a fifty-one-year-old man who's doing dumb shit, uh, it got it got it got a little bit of heat, which was nice. Uh, people all thought it was pretty funny, which is good. I mean, that's always kind of my intention. Sometimes it's uh, inadvertent. <laughs> But, uh, you know, d due to my own stupidity, like I, I had to use Instagram Live or whatever they call it because I'm still banned on Facebook. I still got like two weeks of my ban on Facebook. Fucking Facebook. So I went over to dinner on Instagram and I had never done a live before on Instagram and I figured it'd be pretty similar to Facebook. And it was more or less, except I wasn't quite sure how to end it. Like, I thought I hit the right button to end it, and, I, and I, clearly I did not. So, uh, if you want to go watch, it's like a two-minute video. That's it. it. Quick in and out. I smash the table. I shotgun a beer. It's, it's relatively funny. So, uh, my buddy Eric Zane saw it. He's like, oh, fuck, I got to talk to you about it. I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm going to call you eight, at 830. I'm like, okay. And he calls me at 8.30, and he's asking me many questions about the bills. He, he thought the video was great, too. He loved it. Um, and he's asking me questions like, why do the bills smash tables? And I'll be 100% honest. I really had no idea. I made an educated guess. I told him, like, Bills fans, like, we like to party. We like to tailgate. And what I thought probably happened was, like, after a game, um, you know, whether it was the Bills won or lost, it doesn't really matter, but some dude was just drunk out of his mind. He climbs up on the top of his RV and he smashes the table, a la professional pro wrestling. And uh, so I went and I did a little bit of research, and by a little bit of research, I mean I Googled why, why do Bills fans smash tables. That's how you do research. You know, when you're trying to figure out why you shouldn't take a vaccine on Google, ask why Bill's Mafia smashed tables. <laughs> and I, I was pretty much correct. They think it happened sometime between 2016 and 18 is when it, uh, they're saying it first happened. And I thought, well, that's a relatively large gap time gap but whatever who, who am I to be picky because when I was a kid when I was a teenager rooting for the Bills the Jim Kelly era there were no Bills Mafia we were just fans of the team we didn't we didn't gloss ourselves with a moniker we were just like yeah fuck go team go Bills yes so I Googled that, too. I was like, why do we call ourselves Bill Mafia? Because that's, that's a question I don't fucking know either. So I Googled it, and I found a little bit of history on it. It started uh, in the early ages of Twitter, back in 2011. 
Stevie Johnson, one of the better wide receivers who's ever played for the Bills. Apparently back then, and I'll tell you this, back then, 2011, I, uh, I've always been a Bills fan, but I'm not nearly as knowledgeable about those teams as I am these current teams. The, re the reason is, back then, 2011, there was no, I had no access to watch Bills games. Right? I couldn't find it streaming online somewhere. I couldn't necessarily listen online somewhere. So since I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I'm kind of fucked. <laughs> I'm kind of fucked. So unless I wanted to go to a bar and watch it, and there's only so many times you can go to a bar every Sunday and spend you know, 30, 40 bucks on food and drinks. I mean, you can't just sit there all day for hours milking a beer. So, uh, you know, I, di I didn't really watch. I would just, the next day, I would get uh, updates uh, from the paper or whatever, and there you go. But apparently in 2011, Stevie Johnson dropped the ball. It, it would have been a touchdown, I guess. They would have won the game. And so Stevie Johnson tweeted out. He's like, well, I guess God wasn't on my side today. Something like that. And so they got a lot of weird heat. A lot of people were like, what the fuck are you talking about, God? But I'll say this, too. Everybody credits God when they win. Why doesn't God take some heat when you lose? <laughs> right? Am I wrong? I can't be. Like, if you're giving them all the credit, then God should get all the blame. <laughs> it's not my fault we lost. It's God's. It's God's fault. But he got a lot of heat for it. And then, like, a day later... Adam Schefter retweeted it, kind of uh, rekindling the flame, throwing gas on the fire, keeping the, the weirdness going. And uh, so a lot of Bills fans came at Adam Schefter. If you guys don't know who, who he is, he is a uh, reporter for ESPN. He's kind of the dude who drops nuggets of information. He's the first guy to break news of you know, trades or signings or whatever. He's that guy. So that's why he's he's very popular on Twitter. A lot of people follow him. But a lot of Bills fans came at him for it, basically telling him, like, you know, to go fuck himself. And so then it became like we're, the, the fans were the mafia. They were protecting their own. And, so, and hence, there's Bills Mafia. And one of the guys who was kind of credited was there were three dudes specifically, but I only knew the name of one. And the one that I know, his name is Del Reed. Do any of you guys give a shit about this? I apologize if you don't. I apologize yesterday for all the Bill shit I talked about. But Del Reed is the uh, owner slash founder of this company called 26 Shirts. And 26 Shirts is a shirt company where what they do, it's kind of interesting how they do this. They... They don't make shirts first. They take orders for shirts, and then they make the shirts based upon how many orders they get. So what they do is they have a design. And they're like, hey, Bills fans, we have this design for a shirt. If you would like one, order one from us now. And then you make the order. You're like, I'd love that shirt in a size large or whatever. And, and then, like... Uh, they wait a couple weeks to give people time to, to figure out if they want it. 
and then they'll they'll take all the orders and the, and they'll make it. And then uh, so process from beginning to end, to be perfectly honest, is longer than most of us would want. It's probably close to two months before you will see that shirt that you purchased. And I know that it takes that long because I purchased a hat from them, a Bill's Mafia hat a long time ago. And I'm like, oh, that's a fucking cool hat. I would like that hat. And I bought it. And it was probably the most I have ever paid for a hat. It was like $40 for a hat. And I know a lot of you are like, that's not a lot of money. I don't, for me, it was. 40 bucks for a baseball cap, that's a lot of money. But the reason that the hats and t-shirts and everything are probably a little more than what you would pay for is because a chunk of that money goes towards a charity of some kind. And the charity can be something as simple as just like this family of like, this family is in financial straits because their child has leukemia and they're in and out of the hospital, whatever, whatever. And so then uh, they'll get some of the proceeds from the shirt sale. So it's a pretty cool thing. I'm not going to lie. Dell, Dell has uh, turned, turned that concept into something good. I think they're in more places than just Buffalo. It started in Buffalo, but I think they also do uh, Pittsburgh and Chicago, I believe. But if you go to, I think it's just 26, the number 26shirts.com, you'll see. They got good shit. They got good shit. But like I said, they don't have necessarily stuff in stock. I think every once in a while they might do like a weird sale. But it's usually like you're going to have to put an order in for stuff. So so that's pretty cool. So that's where Bill's Mafia came from. But then, but there's another weird tradition, everybody, that I need to talk about. Because I had some people ask me about this too. And this is, uh, this is a much more specific kind of thing. This is a uh, not suitable for work kind of thing. And it only happens when the Bills play the New England Patriots. Right? The New England Patriots are the team that has just owned the Bills for like the last 20 years. When, when Tom Brady was the quarterback for the Patriots... They were something like uh, 38-3, right? Just total domination. That, you know, Twice a year for like 20 years, the Bills played them and just fucking more often than not got their ass handed to them. But lately, though, I think it's been the last four out of five games the Bills have won. So the Bills have kind of turned the tide. And uh, it's evident as that you know they destroyed the the Patriots on Saturday night, forty-seven to seventeen, straight destroyed them. But something happened during that game, and as I said, something only happens during games against the Pats. And what had happened is uh, a, a New England Patriot scored a touchdown. Kendrick Bourne scored a touchdown. It was their first touchdown of the game. It made it like thirty-three to seven. You know the game was out of hand by then. Someone threw something on the field. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? What they threw was uh, they threw a dildo. <laughs> they threw a dildo on the field. And you're like, oh, my God. They threw a dildo on the field? And I'm like, yeah, they threw a fucking dildo on the field. 
and I'm replaying it. And uh, all of a sudden there's a dildo on the field. And it, it was on TV. The cameraman caught it. The, Kendrick Bourne was pointing at it going like, what the fuck? Big old white dildo thrown on the field. Now, why does it happen? I don't know why the fuck it happens. Why the fuck did the guys smash tables? Why does uh, Pinto Ron fucking have his face covered with mustard? That's a fucking another story altogether. Why does this weird shit happen? I don't know, but at some point, a Bills fan brought a dildo to, to a Bills game. And, and was like so enraged by whatever. They're like, fuck you and fuck this dildo. And they threw it out on the field. <laughs> and the very first time they threw it, they did it with intention. Because, Tom, as I mentioned, Tom Brady was the quarterback for the Patriots forever. I know he's currently with the Bucks, But uh, a, lot, a lot of Bills fans are hoping for Bills, Bucks, Super Bowl. Oh. <sighs> I've been through so many hard seasons that I just fucking, I don't know if I could handle that. Sorry, everybody. But they threw a dildo out there. And, uh, but that, so the first time they, they'd written Tom Brady's name on it, because they, like, they basically like, fuck you, Tom. Fuck you. That happened back in 2016. And when Brady was asked about it, he said, yeah, I did see it. I saw it. I thought it was funny the ref didn't want to pick it up. He was kicking it. Nobody wanted to reach down and grab it. That was very unusual. That was the first. Only in Buffalo, that was very unusual. And, you know, it's now become a thing where you can't bring stuff like a dildo into the stadium. There really should be no reason why you should bring a dildo to the stadium. So where do you hide it? You hide it in the hoo-ha. <laughs> Right? I mean, that's what it's made for. It's made to go in the hoo-ha. So there you go. Hide it there. Um, however, it has become a problem, though. Just so you know, you don't want to throw shit out on the field. You can get uh, kicked out, banned, fined. The group of fans responsible for throwing a dildo on the field in 2016 were caught and banned from Highmark Stadium for life. For life! Now that seems a little excessive to me. And it also seems like, how are they going to fucking know? Right? Like they got these people's pictures up by every entrance going, do not allow this person in. Highmark Stadium, I think, sits like 70,000 people. I think it'd probably be pretty easy for this person to buy a ticket and get in and watch a game. You know, maybe I'm wrong. October 2018, a fan, Michael Abdallah, threw one on the field. 34-year-old was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct. He spent the night in jail, and uh, his bail was set at $250 or a $1,000 bond. It's funny, they in this story here, they completely uh, wreck the name of the county. It's Erie County, E-R-I-E, -E, Erie County, but they spelled it E-E-R-I-E. -E -E. So it just looks really weird. And they spelled holding, but they didn't have the G on the end. It's holding. 
It's the Erie County Holden Center. Whatever. So, uh, don't, don't throw dildos out there, everybody. It's funny as shit. Yes. Don't fucking do it. Yes. Someone did tweet, though. I thought this was funny. They made a meme. They wrote the dildo at this week's Bills game, and then there's the picture of the pa the Patriots uh, guy pointing at it, and then next to it, and the, they write, and then the dildo at the next week's game, and it's uh, Patrick Mahomes' little brother, whatever his name is, that that dumb fucking idiot who does these stupid TikTok dances, and uh, he's just an ass. He he's totally punchable, Patrick Mahomes' little brother. He, he's an adult. He's an adult. He's like 18 plus. So uh, I, I would encourage you to punch him in the face if you ever saw him. I don't know what his name is. Just get, yell little brother at him. Little brother! And they'll turn around and then you sock him right in the face. And then you can tell him to make a, a TikTok out of that. <laughs> Fucking Christ. All right. I'm going to actually, I'm going to make this a the picture god that's a huge fucking dildo ladies who can take that woo good for you ladies good for you uh and also done with the bills talk after this probably not but there was a quarterback there at the game who used to quarterback for the bills he does not quarterback for the bills anymore He's currently a quarterback for the Washington football team. I was going to call him their old name, but they they don't go by that anymore. He's quarterback for the Washington football team. I'm talking about the one, the only Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick. They call him Fitz Magic. He's been around a long time. He they always like to mention that he went to Harvard, so he went to an, an unusual school. Harvard is not necessarily known as a fucking football school, but uh, but there you go. And uh, he's played for a, like eight or nine teams, so he's bounced around a whole lot. But he's always said, he's even said on podcasts that his favorite team to play for was the Bills. And he loves the city for whatever reason. He loves the fan. He loves Bills Mafia. That's great. So he was at the game with his kids, just in the stands. He wasn't in like a fucking box. He wasn't in a suite. He's just out sitting out with the schlubs. And it some point during the game, this professional athlete took off his shirt in the fucking zero degree weather and was just chanting and cheering like every other maniac Bills fan. It was just very cool to see. I mean, this, like I said, this is a guy who hasn't played for the Bills. It's probably been like eight years since he's played for the Bills. And he's currently playing for a different team. It's just weird. It's unheard of. There you go. Join the Mafia, everybody. Join the Mafia. As I explained to Eric Zane, I said, it's just fun. The Bills are playing well. The Mafia, it's all about drinking beer, smashing tables, apparently throwing dildos, not wearing shirts at games. It's a good time. And the Bills, uh, the Bills Mafia is also a very charitable organization. I... I you loosely will call them an organization, but Bill's Mafia will band together and donate money to a charity uh, that's very well documented too. I've contributed to certain charities that Bill's Mafia were uh, throwing money at. I like it. 
It's a good thing. I don't necessarily just want to be known as fucking uh, the, the drunk table smashers. Although it was fun smashing a table on Saturday. I will, if the, if the uh, Chiefs win, I will be smashing a table on Sunday night. The Bills are playing the very last game. It's a 6 o'clock game. I'll be smashing a table. I have it. It's this long cafeteria-style table. And I call it Franken-table because the metal legs on one end have came off, apparently. And the guy who owned it before me fixed it with just putting two by fours on it. So um, I will smash it. I'm thinking about jumping off the garage roof to do it. We'll see. I'm 51 years old. We'll see. Uh, I've been encouraged to set it on fire. I'm not necessarily against it, uh, setting it on fire and jumping on it. I just, uh, uh, probably when I do it, I'll be by myself. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to do that by myself. I, you know, I could just roll around in the snow. I know I can do that, so. We'll see, everybody. We'll see. Maybe I'll just fucking jump. So there we go. So that's Bill's talk. Thanks for coming to Bill's Talk, everybody. I appreciate it. I have mentioned doing my own Bill's podcast. I'd call it the Elemental Bill's Bills Cast. I think I would do that. Just throw it up on uh, Anchor. I listen to so many Bill's podcasts. They all kind of blend together. The only one that I really enjoy that's worth anything is Locked On Bills. So if you want to listen to a podcast about the Bills, Locked on Bills with uh, Joe Marino. That's the host. He just is knowledgeable. He doesn't get heated. He doesn't throw out opinions. He's not into hyperbole. I just dig it. I dig it. So, uh, so there we go. All right. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. There's nothing left to say. I worked at Dots all day. It was a dumb day. It was a shitty day. I didn't sell a whole lot. I had to go to some college. If you guys don't know, uh, that's what I do for a living. All right, you're caught up. Uh, <laughs> there's a college up there in Batoski, Michigan. It's called like Northwest Central of the Upper Lower Peninsula Tech. I think that's the name. And there's a freezer there, and I have no fucking clue where it is, but I knew it was such a shitty day and such a slow day. It's like, I need to go find this thing. So I just got out of my truck and I wandered around the campus and I eventually found it. And I told my boss, I said, the GPS to the to this place is so off, it's ridiculous. So that's my life and I'm, I'll do it tomorrow. I got to go in later just because of the, uh, the route. It doesn't make sense to go in super early. So that's okay. I also... Um, Gotta send out more fucking uh, Macari sales. I sold a bunch of jerseys this weekend. I sold some shit today. I would have mailed shit today, but today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And uh, I have zero problem with it being Martin Luther King Jr. Day. My only problem is, fuck, it's, uh, it's a national holiday, so the, go the government shuts down. Post office is fuck you. We're not we're not delivering the mail, and I'm not. I, I I don't know if I necessarily think that's the proper way to honor Martin Luther King. But uh, but that's what they do. So I gotta mail like nine things tomorrow. Post post office person's gonna fucking hate my guts, but 
You do what you need to do. If you guys are interested, I, I posted a whole lot of new shit on the Macari. Got a bunch of autographed footballs, if any of you give a shit. Okay, enough, enough, enough. Speaking of Buffalo, this is not a uh, football story. Buffalo got hammered with snow today. Got fucking hammered. Apparently they got um, 17 inches of snow in Buffalo today. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of fucking snow for Buffalo. Even in one day. Parts of New York State were expecting up to 80, 18 inches of snow. But even that sounded conservative as Lockport in Niagara County, north of Buffalo, already had 16 inches early Monday. Lockport is uh, a bunch of college friends of mine lived in Lockport. That's just north, Niagara County, just north of Buffalo. It's all right, little town. I don't mind it. And so people were sending me the story to it, telling me about it. And I was like, yeah, that's, uh, that's Buffalo. We get crazy amount of snow. We're right off Lake Erie. Just kind of comes whipping through and you get fucked. There's the snow belt, which is just fucking. It is ridiculous. It is weird how you can go just like a mile in a certain direction and it's like completely different. Very strange. Thank God I don't live there anymore. I don't miss the snow. Thank God I own a snowblower now. I love my snowblower. But thank God I don't live in Buffalo anymore. I don't I don't want to fucking deal with that shit. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. You guys know I'm big into uh, the football cards. Been big into football card collecting the last couple months. It's been fun for me, kind of reliving shit getting more knowledgeable with shit i like it a whole lot i actually was in walgreens today they got they sent out that fucking rope that scary robotic voice going you're mad you're mad darren come get your meds or you're going to die so i went to go get my meds and it was funny too i walk in and right off the bat there's a dude who's wearing a buffalo bills hat mask and he's got like a a winter vest on and I was like what the fuck and I got my hat on and I got my Bill's mask on I was like I like all your shit man and he's like I like your shit too man and I was like go Bill's and he was like go Bill's and that's how you do it and like our conversation was over but we totally understood each other well like, hold on a minute boom shut up you just we just have those kind of conversations with each other go Bill's that's when you see someone wearing Bill shit, you just go, go Bills. And if they're a true Bills fan, they'll look back at you and they'll go, go Bills. That's just how you do it. But when I was in Walgreens, I picked up my meds and then I'm just walking out. I, I just had to walk through the toy section. I didn't do it on purpose. But I looked and I saw they were selling uh, football cards. They sold like this weird pack. It was like a mystery pack of... There's random shit in this box. <laughs> if you want it, buy it. If you don't want it, whatever. And I'm like, all right, I'm curious. So I bought it. It wasn't a lot of money. And I bought it and uh, 
because I, I, I didn't quite understand what was in it. Like, I thought it was going to be a couple packs, unopened packs in the box. It wasn't that. It was actual cards, and they were like, some were old cards from like the early 80s. It was very strange. But uh, there was one in there, uh, the Gre Greg Russo rookie card. And I know none of you know who Greg Russo is, but he's a rookie for the Buffalo Bills. So I was very excited. It worked out well for me. But uh, probably, if you collected at all, you were very familiar with the uh, card company Tops, right? You know Tops. There are a couple others. There was like a Score, Don Ross, Bowman, Leaf. You know, even Bazooka Joe had cards for a minute or two. But Tops was clearly the biggest. When I was a kid, it was kind of like, it was sort of like Coke versus Pepsi. Like, I only bought Tops. I never really bought Don Russ cards. I always thought Don Russ cards were fucking cheap. They looked weird. The designs were weird. I was a Tops dude. I dig Tops. Tops is Tops. But Tops is no more. Everybody. Tops is no more. They have been bought out by a company that's known for selling sports uh, wear, shirts, hats, things like that. Fanatics. Have you guys heard of Fanatics? Well, they bought Tops. They're going to be the exclusive trading card company for Major League Baseball starting in uh, 2025 when the Tops deal is set to expire. It's over, baby. It's over, baby. Fanatic said Tuesday that it was a result of the Topps acquisition and will immediately immediately begin to design, manufacture, and distribute baseball cards. Fanatics has clear aspirations to become the giant of the sports business world. The company fortuitously opened a new store in Los Angeles in May that focuses on apparel for the popular Paris Saint Germain soccer club which lured legend Lionel Messi away from Barcelona several months later. Fanatics struck a 10-year merchandise deal with PSG in 2020. Fanatics is valued at $18 billion. Holy shit. It's unreal, man. I've gotten some good cards in some of these auctions that I want. I got a Walter Payton rookie. I got an Ernie Banks. Some of the sometimes when you buy these lots, like I've been doing, I prefer to buy the lots because you generally can get more for more bang for your buck. And I do love just kind of like going through shit because sometimes these lots I get are so huge, it'll take me hours just to kind of organize and separate shit. And uh, like I, I've said before, I love it. I love it. It's it's a good new hobby for me. I dig it. It keeps me uh, busy. And it's weird for me to go back and look at some of these cards and go, oh, fuck, I forgot this player played for that team. I'll see a lot of ex-Bills players wearing jerseys of other teams. And I'm like, God, I forgot all about that. So it's good. It'll be interesting to see what Fanatics does with Tops. Because they're, like I said, uh, Don Russ is uh, kicking ass in football. I'm more of a football guy than a baseball guy. They're kicking ass in uh, football. And there's the other one, what is it, uh, Pristine? 
That's another card company that was not around when I was a kid. But they make some real nice cards, and the, the stock is much better. And some are putting fabric, game-worn fabric in the cards. Some of these cards get real fucking crazy, but I dig it. And it's not... It's not cheap, everybody. I don't know how kids today can really afford to do it. Some packs of cards go for like 10 bucks a pack. Like, yikes. I remember for a dollar, you could get like four packs. Cards were like 25 cents each. Crazy. Crazy. Speaking of crazy, there was a story, story that happened this weekend that I was not aware of until this morning when I was listening to the news podcast that I listened to about Up First and Start Here. Those are the two pod news podcasts. And both talked about this story, and I was unaware. And it's uh, it's it's scary, and it's uh, crazy. And it's just weird. There was a hostage situation that happened down in Texas in uh, Coleyville, which I think is near Fort Worth. I had never heard of this town before. This guy goes into a synagogue and he, and he holds like four people hostage. And my first question was, or thought was, I didn't realize that Texas had Jewish people living in it. <laughs> Texas does not seem the most welcoming place for someone who's probably not a Christian. That's just me. I'm not trying to judge, but I am. <laughs> and I'm doing it quite easily. But if uh, if you live in Texas and you know some Jewish people, let me know. This guy walks into the synagogue and he holds them hostage. And the rabbi there, Charlie Citron Walker, of course his name is Walker. Now, instead of Walker, Texas Ranger, it's Walker, Texas rabbi, of course. But uh, the rabbi Walker and like three people from his congregation, they were held hostage. And they were held hostage by this guy. who All of this is weird to me too because the guy who held them hostage was not even an American. He was British. And his name was Malik Fazel Akram. And I, what he wanted was apparently there was a, a woman who was like a biochemist or something, who was in prison, and she's in prison for like 80 years because she was charged with uh, shooting at American soldiers in Afghanistan. I don't know how she came to be arrested. I don't know how she came to be in an American uh, prison in Texas. But, uh, but there you go. The release of Afia Siddiqui who I guess they they say that she was a member of Al-Qaeda. She's a Pakistani neuroscientist. There you go. There you go, everybody. It's a, uh, Coleyville is a suburb of Fort Worth, which is where she is in prison. She is in prison. She apparently did not know this dude. She wanted nothing to do with this dude. She condemned what this dude did. Um, this guy, uh, Akram's family, is going, uh, they, they suspect that he's had some mental health issues. I'm like, you think? You think? But Rabbi Walker, 
He says, and if you're looking at this dude, he looks like a youth pastor to me. He looks like he should be a Christian youth pastor, this fucking nerd. But uh, good old Rabbi Walker, uh, Texas, uh, Texas Rabbi Walker. He, he credits uh, learning some hostage techniques. Apparently he took some sort of fucking seminar on how to deal with hostage takers. Uh, it was like some security seminar he went to. And he said he remembered in it when they talk about when the uh, hostage taker is getting real agitated. You do what you need to do to get to safety. And I was like, oh, really? I don't think I needed to take a fucking uh, security class to realize I need to do what I need to do to survive. But apparently he remembered it. This clicked in his brain and he's like, not today. And he threw a chair at Akram. And he told his three constituents, not constituents, people of the congregation, he's like, let's get the fuck out. And they all ran out of the, the synagogue. And they, they were not uh, shot or anything. So police went in and they shot the fuck out of that room. <laughs> Ugh, God. He was shot and killed after hostages ran out. Authorities have declined to say who shot Akram, saying was still under investigation. Uh, Walker and his congregants had been threatened the entire time. The rabbi said that fortunately none of us were physically injured. He was convinced that the multiple security courses the synagogue had held with the police, the FBI, and other groups were crucial to their survival. And he's encouraging other places of worship to kind of have these sort of things, because I guess they are viewed as targets. People will go to churches, I guess. It's no different than people going to schools and shooting up schools. And now they're going to places of worship because I guess they see them as easy targets. A lot of these places don't have security. Although I think it was indicated that this uh, synagogue did have security. But this guy kind of like talked his way in. Talked his way past the security guard. Just... It's just, it's all very unfortunate. I, and I don't necessarily know. I think they kind of said it wasn't necessarily that the dude targeted the synagogue because they were Jewish. That's kind of what I was hearing. But then I'm also like, I don't know if that's right. I mean, what are the odds that this fucking weirdo just randomly picks a fucking house of worship and it happens to be a synagogue? Like, he's not going to go to a Baptist church or a Catholic church or a Lutheran church. He ends up going to a synagogue. That seems, uh, seems like he wanted to fucking shoot some people. But good for that, uh, good for that rabbi, Rabbi Walker. Uh, Texas Walker rabbi. <laughs> I don't know if I would want to go to a church where they're like, training me on what to do if the hostage person hostage taker comes in it's kind of the same thing of like i can't imagine going to a high school nowadays and have to do uh active shooter drills i know it happens 
Like, I just remember fire drills. That was the worst thing when I was a kid. The fire drill would go off. You'd all be like, ah, fuck, it interrupted recess. God damn it. And then you'd walk outside, single file. Uh, you'd just talk shit to everybody. The teacher would be, like, yelling at you to stay in line. Then the alarm would go off, and then you'd have to go back in. That was it. That was it. Now these people got to fucking hide under their desks and barricade the door and all that shit. Jesus, it just sounds awful. If you got a kid in school, I am sorry that that's the kind of shit that your kids got to go through. It just sucks. Scary, scary world, man. Try and make this world less scary. I don't know how. Do it however you want. But fuck. All right, everybody, that's it. I'm done. I am done for the day. Thank you guys for listening to this bullshit. Uh, if you guys can do me a solid, go like the Facebook page, go like the Twitter page. And if you like this shit, consider subscribing to the Patreon because you'll like that shit. It's the same shit, just more shit. Instead of two freebies a week, you can get, yeah, you can get the shit seven days a week. It's pretty much I do Patreon every other day of the week, five days a week. Pretty much every day I podcast, so five bucks a month, that's it. And uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, message me. You know why. You know why. So do that. Uh, what else? Okay. Um, if you guys can do me a favor and go check out these things, we got uh, Magic JBM. That's John Badass Midgley. He's got a page on Facebook. I'm still banned on Facebook. I got another two weeks of banning, I think. Oh, well, 11 days, I think. 11 days of banning, yeah. Uh, but go check out his Facebook page. You'll see all his magic stuff. You'll see his art stuff. You'll see all sorts of good stuff. So go check it out on Facebook. Hit the like button, Magic JBM. Then we got the Sunday Slaw. That's Adam and Stephanie House. They eat coleslaw. They do Facebook Lives of themselves eating the coleslaw. They give you the A or the A. They did a coleslaw yesterday. I've never heard this before. They said the coleslaw was dry. I don't know if I've ever had dry coleslaw. Just sounds weird. They showed pictures of it. It looked good. They said it was dry. I don't know. Whatever. But go check out their page if you dig the coleslaw. And Adam also sells houses too. So if you live in the great state of Michigan and you're looking to sell your house, Adam can probably go help you out. But uh, go check out the Sunday Salon Facebook. Hit the like button. Then uh, Matt Harper. Matt Harper is the host of another episode podcast. He also does art himself. He's got an Instagram page for it, Matt Harper Art. He draws houses and other things. Uh, he draws weird designs. So go check out his page on Instagram, Matt Harper Art, and if there's anything you want him to draw, get at him. He'll probably do it for a nominal fee. And like I said, he does that podcast, another episode podcast. Co-host Mandy Elaine helps him out. The two of them, they talk about movies that shape their childhood every Wednesday. New episodes drop. Offhand, I don't know what the episode is coming up. Last week, though, it was a Maverick, that Western with Mel Gibson. Speaking of people who hate Jews, Mel Gibson and Maverick. So uh, these are all movies that you've already seen, you've, you've heard about, you know what they are. You know, they're 20 years old or older. 
So go listen to them on your favorite podcast platform, and you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, another episode podcast. So do those things for me if you could. That would be great. I will, uh, I'll be back tomorrow for the Patreon. Otherwise, I will see you on uh, Thursday for the freebie. Thanks for listening, everybody. I do appreciate it. You can go listen to something else, but you don't. You listen to this shit, and uh, so I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Love you. Okay, bye.